0: Welcome to PeerPod, where you are the peer and we are the pod.
1: Here at the PeerPod studios, we've extracted the sweet, sweet juice from our freshly squeezed student experience and we have bottled it for a reasonable price, free and fresh for the download. We are dripping with knowledge and we really can't wait to share with you our words of motivation, experience and of course, our stories. Hello, and welcome back to the PeerPod Podcast, the podcast where you are the peers and we here are your pod. We are coming at you from our ThinkSpace studio. I'm your host, Life Coach Layla, and back with me in the studio, we have Cyan the Go Getter and also joined by Laidback Lucy. Cyan, Lucy, welcome to episode three, Degree Direction. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> I guess it's something we all become acutely aware of when we run into old high school friends at the shops or family gatherings. And it's not, not long before someone eventually asks you the question, so what are you planning on doing mm. after you've finished? <laughs> the worst. Yeah. yeah. I feel pretty confident in saying that at the end of university life, we all want to build a career. Some of us know exactly what we want to do, but I would say the majority of us feel lost, cold, scared. So in today's episode, we will be discussing career
2: direction. How do you guys feel about being asked that question? I find it so annoying. One, because it's repetitive and you just keep saying the same thing. I feel like I just kind of have a stock standard answer to kind of just push off the adults. Um, I know they're trying to be nice, but seriously, it's so annoying.
1: I think it brings up a lot of anxiety about where we're going and having to have that answer on the spot. I think a lot of us don't know. So I think it's a very yeah, confronting and
2: question. Because suddenly then you just have to quickly say something. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard because I don't have any direction. Well, I have interests <laughs> that I'm interested in. But I don't think a lot of people give that much direction when people say, yep, I'm going to do this and blah, blah, blah. I just almost don't believe them because it is really hard to know. That's why I'm doing postgrad. I don't know about you guys, but I finished my degree and was like, okay, I have no idea yeah, what I want to do. let's drag
1: this out so we yeah, can think about it a lot more.
2: I don't know, uni is a really comfortable environment so I was like cool I'm just gonna take the easy option and do a postgrad. It is a hard one. I don't even know what I'm having for dinner tonight, let alone next year. So, I don't know, I'm fine with that. I guess I'm young. Most people don't. So, it's very normal feelings. It doesn't stress me out too much.
1: I think, as well, society puts pressure on us to be at a certain stage, at a certain age, or maybe this is just me, but I feel like you start comparing yourself to others and others' journeys. And that definitely brings up a lot of anxiety and I think is quite toxic. So, I think when you are thinking about where to take your degree, you have to really own your own journey. And you really have to convince yourself that there's no right or wrong direction
2: yeah, as well. totally. I yeah. think if you're confident in your answer or what you're saying, no one else is going to care. Everyone is so self-obsessed and worried about what they're doing. They almost just ask it out of politeness. But you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Most of the time I'm like, oh, that's a million-dollar question. I've got no idea. And they're <laughs> like, okay, moving on. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no worries. Yeah. No, some direction I think is good.
1: Like you've got some idea of maybe a field or something in general. Yeah. I think if you plan too much, you can either set yourself up for disappointment or you can limit yourself to maybe other options that might become available you might hear about during Mm -hmm. the course of your degree. And I think it's such a learning curve at university and you're discovering so much and I think when we first step into university, we're only really aware of like the main careers like medicine, Thor and and I feel like there are so many niche, really successful roles that we don't even know about or
2: hear about till yeah. We kind of envelope ourselves. Particularly – um in our generation, it's predicted that we're going to have multiple jobs. It's not like our parents yeah. that had one job and did that for 30 years or whatever. I personally see myself as changing careers and roles every few years. So we're going to have multiple jobs. It's cool. It's like, you know what, I might not like this for a year, but whatever, it's over in a year. That's one year of my life. It's not 20. Exactly. Like It's nothing to cry about. You'll you'll still have skills from that that will help you get the next job that you might like more.
0: It really doesn't stress me. No, I completely agree because like only yesterday I was at a a faculty board meeting and then the dean was presenting and he presented a slide with like um, a chart of like the jobs of the future Mm. because the university is preparing students for like jobs in the future Mm -hmm. and even looking at like what sort of graduates uh, they want the students to be like and then they had a little table that showed us like what the occupations of the future would look like. So it's exactly what you said. Jack of all trades, master of a few. Mm. Not like master of none. (laughs) because like you have to have many skills and that's what people are talking about. Yeah,
1: that's the point. University For example, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, so you have to have a range of experience as well.
1: That's if we're not all replaced by robots. <laughs> we
0: won't be. Because
1: yeah, I slaved away at university for a number of years, so like I do want to, like I do want a yeah, career. Everyone we wants so a much career. into this. That's very normal. I think that's where that anxiety comes from. Is yeah. you feel, you realize you pour so
2: much into it, and the end goal is a career. And that's yeah. That's where the weight... We're post-grad. it's expensive and it's like, oh my God, I have a master's degree, but I still can't get a job in something I'm interested in. So there is that pressure to get the best job. I think I'm just going to take solace in the fact that most of my friends who do have jobs right now, it's not their dream job. You're going to get your dream job if you do get it 10 years down the track. It's very rare to get something that you love from the get-go. Yeah. Um, and you've just got to take it as experience, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cyan? I know you were saying with your degree,
1: you actually changed it up a little bit. So that makes me think that you had a little bit of change in plans, a bit of change in directions. Do you want to talk about that?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, with my master's degree, I wanted to work for the uh, World Health Organization, like in public health and stuff. Initially, I had the plans of like going and working at a global organization. But then after coming to this university and being exposed to all the research that's happening here, I kind of deviated towards research. And so that's why I'm doing my PhD now. Yeah, it's not always clear at the start, given that this episode is called Degree Direction. The listeners should at least think about like what their future plans could be like, because it doesn't have to be like rock solid. If you aren't sure, you're welcome to change it. And that's why we have census dates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do you think about it?
1: No, I think that's an important point. We have those census dates. Um, So it almost makes me think about sampling different things as well. I know there are restrictions. So there are different things, you know. And it's obviously you have to consider if you do change, there are logistics behind that that you have to organize. You may have missed some parts of the class. There may be prerequisites. Your visa might not allow you to. So it can get technical. But I definitely think sampling... like if you are on a certain direction yeah. and you just maybe nothing's exciting you and you hear about something else and really that is just gets your mind just yeah,
2: I had to light up. To make a big decision. At the start of this year I was enrolled in a, doing a thesis. Um, in my masters you can do coursework or a dissertation and I was like, Oh, I'll do the dissertation. I don't know. A lot of my teachers are like, Yeah, you should do it, it's a great opportunity in case you want to do a PhD, blah blah blah. Why would you Limit yourself, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I just hated it. I was just way too stressed, working so much, um, and it was very early days. And I wasn't socialising with people that I normally do in coursework. I made so many friends from all over the world, and really enjoyed that aspect of it. And then suddenly, I had no class because it's all independent. And I was sitting in the library by myself and I was just like, I really don't like this. And I quickly found out that research wasn't for me. But I'd already done about nine weeks of research and it was very hard to let go of that. Yeah. Even though I knew I was like nine weeks versus that entire year of being really stressed and unhappy versus just letting go of it and admitting that I tried, it really wasn't for me. And now I'm back to coursework. I felt so defeated. I've never failed anything in my life. What I had produced wasn't bad. I was just so stressed about it I felt like I couldn't do it and it was a really hard decision to make yeah. but I'm just so happy that I did it because I'm just really motivated yeah. again I love my classes I've made so many friends in them and I look back at that now and I'm like oh yeah whatever I still learnt about the thesis topic and that's something I'll keep with me yeah. but it was a really stressful decision to decide it's not to do it. definitely something
1: really brave to do and I yeah. think that's something I myself I didn't do but I
2: definitely considered.
1: I don't know if research life is for me and I keep coming back to questioning it but I still Sort of stuck the course. And it's
2: very easy to just go in pilot mode and go along with it. Absolutely, um, you end up forcing yourself to be. Yeah, in the mood well, it gets to a point where it's too late, right? Absolutely. And what's and that? Is that it Concord's precipice.
1: fallacy or something where you, you, when you invest a lot of time in something, you think investing more will end up getting you that goal? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure it's Concord's fallacy. So something to do with investing a certain amount of time makes you, I guess, more attached to
2: investing Absolutely. more time yeah. to just get I was that so result attached back. To it. And then trying to explain to like my parents and my friends that I wasn't going to do it anymore. They're like, oh, but you were so excited. I thought yeah. you really liked it. You're doing really well in it. And I was like, yeah, but I'm so stressed and unhappy. Like, I'm really not managing it. And it seemed like the be-all and end-all at the time. And I was really stressed, um, crying lots. And then...
1: No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: It was so stressful. And then it's so weird. I don't know. I was so nervous about telling my mum and stuff. And she was like, Lucy, I don't care at all. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it's really not a big deal. No one cares. Um, <laughs> but it's so easy to just get in your own head about it and think it's yeah, so important. The mental, just the obstacles there that you, you're yeah,
1: talking about. You that's the biggest thing I think for changing degrees because like I'm a science student so you kind of feel like you're stuck on the science path and that's what you've committed Mm. to and I think that's kind of something it's really hard to step away from because you've invested so much time into it so yeah it definitely has that level of bravery that you need that determination but I definitely think we shouldn't put people off from being curious about different options Mm. and exploring different things and you honestly with degrees like sometimes you don't know until you actually apply yourself to it um, you don't actually yeah. know what it's about until you step into it. So yeah. I just don't think you can be at fault for doing yeah. that.
2: It's Yeah, I don't regret it, but... Yeah, at the time it was so stressful. So I understand when people get stressed about degree direction.
1: No, absolutely. So this brings me into the next thing I wanted to discuss. So we have this anxiety over it, which I think we discussed is pretty normal. But one of the healthy aspects is still realising that we have transferable skills that we can apply to a wide variety of... I mean different degrees or Mm -hmm. different jobs out there as well so I think it's important to realize that our pockets aren't empty if we change direction or if we choose to like we we have skills so I wanted to talk about what do you guys think about transferable skills that you're picking up at university
0: um working in a professional setting because eventually yeah, absolutely. work in uh, like an at an office or like with other people like team members and it's not like high school where you can just be friends or like like have other people's like food or stuff <laughs> <Doing> food <laughs> i don't know
1: i yeah. know what you mean it's not i mean there are casual aspects yes. but you do get that chance as well to be a professional yes like i definitely not...
2: have college shirts mm, in the wardrobe that but... you can you guys wow. are doing a PhD, though. That's not the case for me. That I have no sense of an office environment doing undergrad or a master's degree. I think that's quite unique to doing research.
0: But then group work helps as well, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. all your research and writing skills and all of that... Um, Having a strong academic record is obviously a desirable skill to put on your CV. But as is working at a pub or working in retail or as a receptionist, they're all skills that require a certain level of responsibility or team management. You can swing any of those jobs that they might not seem career-related but are so important. And they're usually the jobs we've all done throughout our university.
0: For example, this peer learning advisor role has greatly improved my customer-facing experience. Yeah, totally. So it's like a frontline role. Yeah, customer
2: service is so important in any workplace.
1: Yeah. And I think that can also help your career direction as well because I think you're exposed to more people you're exposed to different ideas yes I think through talking to people you start discovering new careers as well
2: doing other things outside of the university can be just as useful I think going traveling or hiking or trying different sports and that kind of thing is such important life skills um, that you can't learn at university and are as equally important when you're trying to look for a job yeah um, so never think that your degree is the only thing that will shape you and help you get a job. Going to an interview and being able to talk to them about how you both love scuba diving or that you both are illustrators or whatever it is that you might both just have in common from your other aspects of life is so important when connecting with people and trying to get a job. So I really like that you mentioned that because
1: I, in this podcast, I really like people to think about university is a part of life and it's not all of life yeah absolutely. so i think that reduces some of the anxiety and the weight that we put on university life by just realizing that it's looking at it holistically i don't
2: know i you go to so many careers evenings or whatever and they tell you this is how i got my amazing job um but there's just no blueprint there's no one formula no and if you want to do something you'll get there um and it can be good to compare and get advice, but it also can be really damaging um, and stress-inducing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, you
2: have to so, own your own story. Yeah. And I think you have to also, with transferable
1: skills, you also have to think about having those general transferable skills, but then yeah. also if there's something niche that you may need for a particular career that you, you're you gunning for, try to hone that.
2: i tell you what's really cool, the OLE... So open, learning environment. open learning environment. Yeah, I have no that's idea really cool. About that it's all free. I signed up to a lot of those. Did yeah, time and you for can do all of them. But a coding course or how to use Excel. There's or something languages. Like that. Yeah. there's leadership. There's all Which these things. You're right. Yeah. All things that you can then put on your CV or like tick the criteria box and be like, yep. I actually can do basic coding because you've done this free course. Um, you get a little
1: badge at the end of it that you can like, put yeah. on your LinkedIn or you can, oh, yeah, right. I don't know where else yeah. you could. Yeah, so it's that's on campus.
2: really yeah. good because it's very often, I don't know, I'll be scrolling for jobs and I'll be like, oh, no, but I can't do that. But even though I might fit all the other criteria. So if it's just one thing, there's usually a way around it,
1: which is cool. And I think transferable skills as well, that's your ticket to breaking out of your... Niche area. So I'm a science student, I'm in science, but the skills I learn that are transferable, I can apply to a bunch of different jobs yeah. as well. So anything. that's my ticket yes. to
2: sort of broadening. Honestly, my get squad. creative with your interpretations of like what skills are needed for. I don't know, I'm really robust in my <laughs> explanations of how an experience may help me in another situation. Like, job. Yeah, yeah, when I'm typing cover letters and trying to explain my criteria for the job, you can really swing anything anyway. It's just a matter of being creative.
1: I like that. I like that you can swing anything, any way on your CV. You really can though. You can.
2: It's just a matter of experience and maybe it's about looking at someone else's CV and being like, oh, I actually have that skill too. Maybe I could use that time I was in retail to say the same thing. And it is sometimes really hard to talk
1: about your own transferable skills. And talk yourself up. Exactly. It's a lot easier to identify it in other people. So I think you're right. Having a look at other people's CVs can get you a good idea of how to word it and how to market it. That's another thing. Marketing your transferable skills is going to help you and broaden the opportunities that you actually can apply for. I think another good option is actually considering the Career Centre that we have here. They're really good at helping you identify those transferable skills and also helping you look for employment. Yeah. They really
2: help. I did the uh, CV one and they really helped my CV just look a bit more professional they didn't change the content but they were like put this there put that there yeah. and they can cater that to different jobs that you're applying for so yeah, that's a business one I might look different to a science one exactly yeah.
1: have a look at a, a range of different CVs from a yeah. range of different backgrounds as well yeah. because they all I think they focus on different transferable skills as well so if you're applying for different jobs I think keep in mind what transferable skills you really want to talk up and which ones you know can maybe take the yeah. background
2: I mean I guess now we've kind of delved into getting jobs, which is different to degree direction. You can do a degree and just enjoy it for the sake of learning. Like life experience. I don't yeah. do anything with my Peace and Conflict Studies Masters. I've still learned about so many conflicts in the world and i met so many cool people. It's really not ever going to be a waste. So yeah, valuable to... It's still life. Still any jobs.
0: I do. When I first started studying Peace and Conflict Studies, I always thought you wanted to work at like the United Nations or something like that.
2: Yeah, and I yeah. do. People do. Yeah. 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 But there are so many other jobs as well yeah. that it can be applicable to. That's a common one. Everyone's like, oh, so do you want to work at the UN? Because so that's what you, people that. relate to that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: very
1: competitive and it's stressful. So I think also going to networking events and actually exposing yourself to a wide variety of different yeah. people at those networking events can be really helpful for helping to decide career direction because when you meet people, and often like one of the first things that comes up is what do you do? And I think you get exposed to a lot of different careers and that's I think that's yeah. great for if you don't have direction
0: So, like, last week we had an uh, event at ThinkSpace called Ask an Engineer, where we had four engineers come in and sit uh, as a panel, and then we had about 15 students ask different questions. Mm. So that was a good exposure for them. And two of the engineers were, like, actually used grads. Alumni, they could give them a very good experience of what it is to be a student, what it is to be outside the university. Mm. And I think one of the questions was, what sort of units of study should I take up to be where you are today? And their answer was pretty vague. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. That's
1: it. That's all about those transferable skills. and I think all degrees are going to give you those basic transferable Mm. skills and there are some like obviously a research degree you're going to get more into the technical aspect of science or engineering or whatever it may be so I think yeah it's really
0: all about the transferable
1: skills here
0: but I still harp on like the uh, core units because they are very important it's with the electives that you can have fun with
1: yeah and I think when you do network and you do meet people like that and it's great and they're also really great for motivating you because you meet these successful people with these great careers and like it gives you a a good target to aim for but I think it can also be a little bit harmful if you compare your journey again, if you're trying to emulate someone else's experience yeah. and well, to not go with the flow yeah. and to not mm-hmm. go with your journey and and but, I think you yeah. have to be pretty natural with it yourself. Is, and but you have to also be
0: mindful like there's was like at a, at a different time. Exactly. And this is your time. Timing is everything. Yeah.
1: You don't know as well people say it's all who you know as well mm-hmm. um, yeah. you also don't know that works who me. they know <laughs> and How they got those jobs as well. So, I mean, that's also another important point. I think networking is really great for career direction because people can offer you jobs at these events. Mm. If they like what you're about, what they've just seen, you can definitely open the opportunities, Mm. open opportunities that way.
0: Guess what? This is taught at the business school. Yeah, Yeah. networking.
1: I mean, I never like to sort of make out like I'm desperate and I I want a job. You know, I like to keep it pretty natural. But hey, like if someone is interested at the end of the day and you get a business card, I think...
0: That helps. ...bonus. So.
1: I think it's really important to be creative with your direction as well. I'm definitely excited about getting a PhD and then taking it to a place where I didn't imagine it could go. So being really creative with it and being really open to the idea of, you know, I know the standard jobs that a PhD can get you, but I'm like, I want to know what else is there? Like, what is something that is probably a job I'm going to make up or something really random that no one's going to ever know about?
0: Because maybe that job doesn't exist yet. I mean, exactly, that, that, yeah. And with a PhD, I mean, it's always like people think that, oh, we'd go into academia and become old professors. But that's not always the case, you know. It's like I think only 1% of PhD graduates yeah, end up in a academia. really hard
2: positions. I also think, yes, it's great to care about your career and be motivated, but it really isn't your identity as a whole. Like you can be something else and you do this as your job. But I think it's often, it's a shame that the most common question is like, oh, hey, how are you going? What's your name? What do you do? And there's just so many other parts to a person other than what they do for work. Um, exactly. That is important and interesting. So I think it'd be so cool if people just didn't ask, what do you How do,
0: do you spend your free time?
2: Yeah, which is such a more interesting <laughs> yeah. question. Yeah. And you're more likely to have more commonality through asking, I don't know, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, I went to that gig too or whatever it yeah. is. I feel like that question's not going away anytime soon. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> but it's, given the setting though. I mean, yeah, I, I don't
2: ask it anymore because I know it's just I know the anxiety idea. that's associated so, with it. Yeah, I don't know. I also just, I have so many friends that don't go to uni work jobs just to pay rent and that's they're happy with that. So I think sometimes when you're in this bubble and you're like, oh my God, everyone is so driven and they've done X, Y, and Z on their resume, like it is very easy. It can be competitive.
1: Yeah. And I think
2: at university life everyone's trying to one up each other with
0: something Which is healthy
2: but it can also be have
0: detrimental effects and you
2: kinda lose sight of I don't know just being happy and enjoying other parts of life. I think Um, you can't you
1: shouldn't be afraid to reinvent yourself. And I was talking to a student the other day, actually, in the quarter, and he was saying, why can't you start over and make your way to the top? And I thought that was really an encouraging thing to think about. And I know there are logistics behind that. And I know that there's definitely a lot of, like, psychological things that you would go through starting from the bottom to get to the top again. Mm. But he's right, I think.
2: why can't you? It's why kind can't of you reinvent you yourself? Before about that, you've invested so much time. Go of it because you're like, no, but I've invested so much yeah. time. But I mean, we're all quite young in relative to the life. Some feel, of us lately, probably lead. Uh, it's not that much time.
0: Time um, is the most expensive thing, and that's why people tend to like stop or like continue what they're doing instead of changing. Yeah, yeah. But y-
2: you can read it two ways. You can yeah. be like, oh, I don't have that much time, so I've got to keep going with this job. And sure, if it's financial stress, yes. but I don't know, you could die tomorrow and you yeah, didn't so do something yeah. you love so yeah just go for it I I
0: guess everyone should like wear their options and think hard about how expensive it would be for them in terms of time and resources Mm -hmm. but if it suits you then just change and be happy instead rather than go through a weird degree that you're not happy with
1: investing more time in something that you don't like doesn't guarantee you success or happiness or enjoyment at the end of it kind of I don't know delaying the inevitable delaying the inevitable and also making yourself bitter about a journey that you should actually be excited about like this is we're trying to establish ourselves we're trying to make our Mark in the world and build this career, which I think is exciting. So I think we can't lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. There's these anxiety inducing aspects of it as well, but it's also. Which are very normal. (laughs) Absolutely normal. I think if there's anything we can take away from this podcast today, this episode, absolutely normal to have that anxiety. But yeah, I, I want people to really just start to think about the exciting aspect of it and that establishing yourself and that making your name and the the sweet little business card that you're going to get made up with your particular type of font and
0: both nominals
1: is going to be amazing yeah
0: yeah so I think a good thing to think about like when you're planning your degree is to allow for a bit of flexibility in it in your planning because if the need comes you might want to change your unit Mm -hmm.
1: and having that flexibility and being open I think adds to that excitement of where it could take you yes. i think sometimes if you feel like you've read the book for a career like you you sort of know what it's about back to front i'm the type of person that i'm not excited by that if i know all the basically what that career is about i don't know you're not as excited about it. Yeah. it's a safe option don't get me wrong which i think is the benefit yeah. to it and that's sometimes when the anxiety will take you to the safe option that's
0: a traditional safe op- option yeah, yeah. So Feel like option. a bit of unknown Yeah, but
1: yeah, I also think a little bit of unknown, a little bit of spice in there is kind of nice. About you know what you can do.
0: Oh, don't get me salivating. Yeah,
1: (laughs) you and food. (laughs) So to wrap up today's episode, what's a take home message that you'd like the peers of PeerPod to contemplate over regarding their degree direction?
0: Time management think about how much time you have, whether you're an international student or not, or if you have certain visa conditions, and then think about how you wish to go ahead with your degree and make changes as early as possible. But then to have this information, it's always good to look at your seniors, I mean, people who have enrolled before, and have a chat with them and see how, how okay. you feel.
2: logistics of it. I would say the opposite. Even hearing that made me stressed. If you're indecisive and someone's like, time, 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 <laughs> that's terrible. I would say just don't stress. Everyone is probably feeling the same as you and you'll work it I like that I like saying
1: you'll work it out I think there's a lot of strength that can take from that yeah
2: it just really is true though it will all work out you're not gonna die if you don't get the best job or whatever it is that you really want I
1: think you should get excited about the possibility of not having it all figured out not having read the book not knowing exactly what your story is about your transferable skills you can really build any type of career that you want it's gonna be amazing
2: yeah you'll never know who you meet along the way so exactly well there you have it
1: thanks for joining us for episode three degree direction we'll see you in the next one next episode. If you're interested in getting in contact with the pod, you can write to us at peerpod.pla at You can also find us at all good library spaces across campus in our red shirts.
0: PeerPod is recorded and produced by the library's peer learning advisors in the Thinkspace one button recording studio on Gadigal land.